Hey, Jared Morris here. If you know anything about Rainmaker Digital and Copyblogger, you may know that we produce incredible live events. Well, some would say that we produce incredible live events as an excuse to throw great parties, but that's another story. We've got another one coming up this October in Denver. It's called Digital Commerce Summit, and it is entirely focused on giving you the smartest ways to create and sell digital products and services. You can find out more at rainmaker.fm slash summit. That's rainmaker.fm slash summit. We'll be talking about Digital Commerce Summit in more detail as it gets closer. But for now, I'd like to let a few attendees from our past events speak for us. For me, it's just hearing from the experts. I mean, this is my first industry event, so it's awesome to learn new stuff and also get confirmation that we're not doing it completely wrong where I work. The best part of the conference for me is being able to mingle with people and realize that you have connections with everyone here. It feels like LinkedIn Live. I also love the parties after each day, being able to talk to the speakers, talk to other people over here. First time people have been here before. I think the best part of the conference for me is understanding how I can service my customers a little more easily. Seeing all the different facets and components of various enterprises then helps me pick the best tools. Hey, we agree. One of the biggest reasons we host a conference every year is so that we can learn how to service our customers, people like you, more easily. And here are just a few more words from folks who have come to our past live events. It's really fun. I think it's a great mix of beginner information and advanced information. So I'm really learning a lot and having a lot of fun. Conference is great, especially because it's a single track conference where you don't get distracted by like, which session should I go to and am I missing something? I mean, the training and everything, the speakers have been awesome, but I think the coolest aspect for me has been connecting with both people who are putting it on and then the other attendees. So that's it for now. There's a lot more to come on Digital Commerce Summit, and I really hope to see you there in October. Again, to get all the details and the very best deal on tickets, head over to rainmaker.fm slash summit. That's rainmaker.fm slash summit. See you again. Welcome back to Copyblogger FM, the content marketing podcast. Copyblogger FM is about emerging content marketing trends, interesting disasters, and enduring best practices, along with the occasional rant. My name is Sonia Simone. I'm the chief content officer for Rainmaker Digital, and I like to hang out with the folks who do the heavy lifting over on the Copyblogger blog. You can always find additional links and resources at the show notes, which you can get to at copyblogger.fm. You'll also find a complete archive for the show. And today I'm going to talk a little bit about ethics. I'm going to talk about good behavior and not so good behavior for content marketers. And I'm just going to talk a little bit about doing the right thing, what I think, you know, the right thing is in certain circumstances. Um, Not so much because I want to be like your content marketing mom and wag my finger at you, although I do enjoy that from time to time, but just because I, you know, you see things out there in the world of, of your profession and you see things that really it would be more awesome if people did them differently. So I thought I'd talk about a couple of those today. So there's kind of two kinds of people. So most people in my experience want to know more about these kind of best practices because they're the right thing to do. They don't want to do something that's unethical or inconsiderate or, you know, um, 
doesn't make their business better, doesn't treat their audience well. And so most people want to do the right thing because it's the right thing. Some people want to do the right thing because the alternative has consequences. You know, um, breaking rules, breaking ethical guidelines has consequences. It has very real consequences, sometimes very significant consequences. So two reasons to be a good guy, to be a, a, a good egg with your content. The first is because it's just more fun to be a good person than a crummy person. And the second is because the alternative may backfire on you and probably won't work anyway. So let's get into the right and the wrong. Or perhaps I should say, let's get into the good, the bad, and the ugly. And we've got to start, honestly, you just can't talk about content without covering this right now, without talking about plagiarism and people stealing one another's content. So apparently, for some people, this is a complicated issue. It's actually not that complicated. If you didn't create it, if it's not yours, like you didn't write those words, you didn't take that photo, you didn't draw that illustration, then it doesn't belong to you and you can't just use it like you did create it. So no, you don't just get to use it because it's on the internet. And I honestly, I think you guys are way too smart to fall for that, but I have to cover it because I see it so often. You know, people just rip things. I mean, Facebook is like the just really bad right now for absolutely stolen content. And this includes some large companies, especially with visual content, who are just ripping artists off from Instagram and from Pinterest and then um, presenting that work as their own for purchase. It's unethical. It's illegal. It's terrible. And kind of related to that, attribution is not enough to cover you. So you can't just say, oh, this is who I stole this from. Um, that, that's, that doesn't really work. Now, it's you have to be aware on this topic of what I call a Facebook lawyer, which is somebody who has absolutely no training in law, but they will tell you the law because they read a blog post somewhere. Um, and people will say, that's fair use. This is fair use and that's fair use. Fair use is more complex than people who are not lawyers, I am one of those people, imagine it to be. So just keep that in mind. If somebody just tells you with great assurance that something is fair use, it may be or it may not be. If that person's not your attorney, I would take it with a grain of salt. But very roughly, typically, you can use a little bit of something if you attribute it. Uh, and most, the most common thing that we use is a quote right? So I will quote from a book. I will quote from another person's blog post, um, a few, you know, a sentence or two from somebody else's writing with attribution to illustrate a point. This is normal and natural and reasonable and, and it works just fine. Now, if this is any paid product, the rules are different and I want you to talk to your attorney. But if it's just a piece of web available blog content or podcast, you know, normally that's fine. A, a quote that's a small sliver of the whole thing is normally totally okay. Visual content and musical content, different rules, different juries have ruled different things. That's something that, um, you know, you want to ask somebody more expert in those realms than I am. 
really, if there's any way you can do it, and usually today there is, it's just really excellent to ask permission if you possibly can, especially if you're quoting from a blog or somebody's Facebook page, something that they said on a Facebook page. Of course, if it's something that they said in a private group, for example, it's an authority in your topic who you know, made a post in a private group on Facebook or a private group in some other venue, ask before you use it. It's just, it's a good idea. It's smart and it'll keep you out of trouble. Related to this, now, plagiarism is really about specific expressions of things, the specific drawing, the specific, you know, string of words. If you get an idea from another person, if someone said some idea and it really sparked your thinking, it's just very good manners to credit that person when you talk about the idea. I always try to remember to do this. Now, sometimes the idea is such a part of my brain that I forget where I got it. But whenever you can, whenever you can remember it, when you have an idea, something that sparks your thinking, sparks your your own creative juices, always circle back and say, I love this idea. This idea is very important to me. And I got it from this person and then credit that person. It's just being cool. It's being a good guy. And it's sharing the pool of knowledge in a way that's beneficial. So plagiarism is the one where we've got really a right and a wrong. Don't steal things from other people because it's really a terrible thing to do. Now, the rest of this is going to be more about what I would call decorum. It's really more about behaving yourself in a way that communicates your authority, that communicates that you respect others within your community, respect others within your topic. And it's just about being a good guy, a good person, um, and somebody who people can look up to and admire and respect and will want to do business with. So it's not necessarily about right and wrong because that one's tricky. Like, don't kill anybody, don't steal things, you know. True black and white, right and wrong is a little bit short list. This is more Sonia's rules of don't do things like this unless you want people to think you're a total tool. So the first one, I've said it before, I'll say it again because every time somebody steps in it, uh, we saw it recently. You know, recently we lost Gene Wilder, wonderful actor, wonderful comic, gentle genius, Gene Wilder, and, you know... Within a couple of hours, content marketers were using it to promote their completely unrelated businesses with Willy Wonka this and et cetera, et cetera. So as a content marketing professional, one of your rules, if I may suggest such a thing, is if somebody dies, don't use that to sell stuff. Now, sometimes this this can actually get kind of tricky and delicate because a tribute um, can sometimes be all right, you know? So if you are a musician and Prince dies, then, you know, it's completely legit, right? For you to have a Prince tribute concert where you play the music that meant so much to you. And that's, you know, that's normal and seemly and, and fine. Uh, again, for decorum's sake, it's usually good manners to donate the proceeds to some charity that would be relevant where you cross the line into just looking like a tool is if you're Office Depot and you offer, you know, 50% off uh, cartridges of purple ink because Prince died. That's just lame. It's not relevant. It's just, it just looks like you're trying to make a fast buck off of somebody else's grief. 
And that's what we want to worry about. And the thing about this issue and so many of the issues I'm going to talk about today is it's about how it's taken, not necessarily how it's meant. And so you may, you know, be meaning it in a, in a pure and good and wonderful way. And it's just taken uh, as not as being self-serving, as being opportunistic. You have to be willing to look at your own stuff and say, I certainly didn't mean it to be opportunistic, but I didn't make a good call there. And I'm sorry and move on. Very commonly, if you're working with other people, there's somebody on your team who's really good at picking these up. And a lot of times, distressing number of times, that person's voice doesn't get heard. So kind of hilarious, sad example. Recently, I saw on Facebook um, a magazine in Oklahoma put a picture of a baby on the cover of the magazine in a Wizard of Oz uh, Tin Man costume. And regrettably, just the angle of the costume and the hat was really tall. It really, really looked like this baby was in a KKK outfit. So this is like not good, right? This is, we really don't want to have this in our, in our business, especially a print magazine, because you can't just, you know, (laughs) pretend it never happened. Not that you can on the web either. I, I promise you, I promise you somebody in that editorial office looked at that and said, guys, we cannot run that. That baby looks like a little grandmaster. This is horrible. Find a better picture. And that person was ignored. So I want you to think about that, whether it's, you know, a little voice in your head or there's somebody on your team. Um, that person can be useful. And if you look at it and think, you know, it's not meant this way, but this could be really construed as being really racist or really sexist or really insensitive or trying to... Um, be opportunistic about the death of somebody beloved. If you're questioning it and you're second guessing it, it's probably best to find a choice that makes your intention much more clear. Be clear about what you intend. All right, moving on. Next thing I want to talk about is related to what I just said, which is do not try to cover things up and pretend they did not happen. We do this all the time on social media. So um, you see brands, oh, there was a really rich one at the Oscars where um, somebody saw a picture of Whoopi Goldberg and they thought it was Oprah Winfrey and they tweeted about it. So this is not, you know, not great. Uh, And then they just took the photo down and pretend it didn't happen. Well, you know, tens of thousands of people are tweeting about this. So the cat's kind of out of the bag there. You can't just pretend it didn't happen. You are always, especially on the web where, you know, There are captures of things and people can use various tools to go back in time. But just really frankly in general, if you do something stupid, your best bet is to stand up and say, wow, was that stupid. I'm very embarrassed and um, I just don't, you know, either, either if you know why it happened, say, you know what, it happened because this situation existed and this is what I'm doing so it won't happen again. If you don't know why it happened because you just had like some kind of crazy, you know, brainworm thing, then you say that. You say, I don't even know what happened there. I, I'm, I'm just terribly sorry. And you're done. You know, you don't need to, um, you don't need to, to flay yourself, but you do need to stand up and admit when you screw something up because everybody screws things up. 
And so many people cover things up because they're afraid that people are going to find out that we aren't perfect. So I have some fantastic news for you. Everybody already knows you're not perfect. So you don't even need to spend one more minute worrying about that. It's covered. You're cool. You can just fess up and move on. There's a wonderful website called Sorry Watch that looks at terrible apologies and gives the architecture of good apologies. So I will give you a link to that in the show notes. I'm pretty sure it's sorrywatch.com, but I'll check for you. Here's another one. You know, I wouldn't say this is an ethical issue. This is more of a, I don't know, civic-minded issue or a, a community wellness issue. Um, I would love more people to be more mindful about stirring the pot in heated conversations. Now, before we get started, I am not telling you to water down your beliefs because I don't believe in that. I think you should stand up for what you believe in, and I think you should be clear about what you believe in. So I'm not saying be mealy-mouthed or or wimpy about your true deep-seated beliefs. But what I am saying is that it is really awesome to be mindful, to really think about, you know, is this is this actually shedding light on the topic or is this just generating a lot of rage and a lot of um, crankiness and a lot of preaching to the choir and a lot of, of emotional intensity and not actually shedding any kind of light on any kind of situation or bringing any kind of um, coolness or analysis to the situation? It's sometimes called outrage porn. I just think that term is really helpful when I see it. It's something that is shared purely to create negative emotions in people. It doesn't actually motivate anybody to do anything. There's no call to action. There's no request to, you know, take an action like make a donation or write a letter to your your congressman. It's just about being outraged. And man, is it just polluting the discourse right now. It is, of course, always especially intense around elections. The United States election season right now is, um, you know, it's always heated and it's like Mordor at the moment. It's superheated. It is a volcanic lake of lava at the moment. So um, I'm not saying don't be political. That's up to you to decide if it's valuable to you to be political in your content or not, I am saying please try to think about sharing messages that um, call for action in a civil way, call for specific action, and try to enlighten people about why you think things should be different instead of just sputtering with outrage over how crummy things are. It just, it doesn't really do anything other than just create a lot of anxiety and and actually I think it keeps people from taking action because people are so overheated. That's my two cents. You may see it differently. So, and that's cool too. And quite closely related to this is my final thought on good behavior, bad behavior, um, potentially problematic behavior is maybe it's just a good thing to think and be mindful and consider and hold in your mind, the possibility that we might not need every single thought right as it comes out of your head. You know, um, in particular, things like, and I mean, I have seen this, you know, uh, you're somebody's drunk, offensive rantings on Twitter 
that's not transparency. That's just self-indulgence. And maybe just don't do that. You know, like maybe if you're going to go out and get really hammered, um, use one of the self-control apps and just turn off your social media for the night. Everyone will thank you in the morning, especially you. And finally, I'll just leave you with a little bit of, you know, my own peace, love, and granola, which is, it's important. I think it's one of the most important things we can do because we come into contact with so many different people now, you know, on the web, so many different kinds of people we never bumped into before. It matters a lot not to make people into unpeople. You know, the ones the ones who are opposite from you, whether it's politics or religion or skin color, sexual orientation, whatever it is, the ones who are other. Most of us, and it doesn't matter, it truly does not matter how you vote, um, almost all of us have some kind of group that it's like, yeah, I believe in equality and I believe in justice and I believe all people are equal except for those people, ha, ha, ha. So I'm really kind of respectfully asking you to think about maybe not doing that. Now, you may have excellent evidence that those people are incorrect, that they've got their facts wrong. Uh, They may very well be on the wrong side of history, quite possible. We'll see how that goes. Speaking out against ideas, speaking out against behavior, I think that's just totally fair game. But telling yourself that certain kinds of people who think a certain way, vote a certain way, um, that they're not really people, there's nothing in a way that's more natural to the human mind, but it is something that you can resist. It is a bad habit that you can overcome. And I think it would be awesome if we all worked on that. And myself included, I'm not immune at all to such things, but I do try to... um, to let the better angels of my nature rule the day. I, I, I don't always win, but I do my best. All right, that's it for today. That's an assembly of um, suggestions, ethical recommendations, and just considerations on maybe how to be a good guy, a good gal on these internets that we, uh, that we travel. It's always wonderful to uh, be with you, to have your time and attention, and I will catch you next week. Take care. This is Sonia Simone with copyblogger.fm.